This is Revisiting Haven. Hey, Havenites. This is Amy J. And with me... Hi, this is Amy S., the other Amy. Hey, guys. How are you doing on this lovely day? Um, depending on when you're listening to it, but hopefully it's a lovely day for you. It is for us. And we are so excited to be talking about Lucas Bryant's directorial debut. Yes. And, the Sandman. Um, the Enter Sandman, written by Shernald Edwards. Uh, but before we can do that, of course, we got to see if there's any Haven news. Very little Haven news. Uh, Eric Balfour was at Comic-Con October 23 and 24. Uh, there are just a ton of photos and fan videos on Twitter and Tumblr. Um, so do a quick search. You'll find all those photos of Eric or follow uh, the Eric Balfour specific fan sites on Twitter. Um, there's tons of coverage of his time at Comic-Con if anyone's interested. And that would really be it for news, Amy. Before we talk about this episode, uh, we'll just remind everybody that both Lucas and Emily put out quite a bit of tweets and photos from this episode. So if you missed any of that, just go to Twitter, um, go to their timelines and look at everything that they tweeted out. Absolutely. And if you haven't already, if you've watched the episode, if you enjoyed it, please let Lucas Bryant know how much you enjoyed it. And also let Chernal know it was her last um, written episode for Haven this season. So do thank her. She is over at Sleepy Hollow now writing for them. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I enjoyed the episode, Amy. I'm ready to jump into it and start talking about it. Yeah, it was, it was a very, um, it was a very different episode from what we've recently had, don't you think? Oh, totally. I mean, the with Lucas, the feel and the look of it was different. And I attributed that to Lucas being the director. Um, he did a bang-up job. Oh, absolutely. Um, Off the bat, first scene going in, I knew this was going to be different. Like, yeah, so... Uh, I love the first scene. We start right off in the dream, right? Gorgeous, Just yeah. Right away in the beautiful shots. And um, the uh, Mr. Sandman song, which is so innocent and it's kind of about a, a girl wanting the Sandman to bring her a, a dreamy boyfriend in her dream. And Audrey's experience is kind of like that, but it's kind of also like the nightmare, right? Mm -hmm. um, I love that opening scene and the camera focusing on the, the jewelry and the flowers and the, the way the camera was panning. You know what I've really liked is that it had such a, a movie feel. Oh, yeah. And some people actually tweeted and said, you know, it reminded them of like a Lifetime movie. Um, maybe. I, I don't watch Lifetime movies necessarily to, to be able to speak on that, but I did get a movie vibe from this. Well, I think the Lifetime movie was Alt Audrey when she was kind of like a housewife in suburbia or something. I think that was what folks were thinking was Lifetime-ish. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alt Haven and Audrey's personality and whatnot. But like, I love like the, that very opening shot where, um, and I assume we attribute this to Lucas, right? Where Audrey kind of, we see her walk into the camera and then we see her walk out of the camera and she's in a different room. Um, do you remember that? When she was on the phone on her, uh, yes. her Wi-Fi little headset there? Yes. Um, just that shot was awesome, right? I Overall, there's a lot of uh, shots that, came through the episode that kind of stood out for me that okay. I, that I enjoyed. Um, but let's, let's talk about who are we going to talk about first? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put a thought out there. We're talking sure. about Lucas. I want to give a shout out to Nathan, if you don't mind, Amy. <laughs> uh, I'm not surprised, but wh why in particular do you want to shout out Nathan? Okay, everybody. I told Amy I could talk for like an hour on this episode and she told me I have to be short and quick. Um, well, okay. So last episode we had Nathan who kind of sort of saved the day because he was, uh, so we went from troubled Tony last week wanting to take out Nathan to right. troubled, sand, the, trouble, excuse me, troubled Sandman, 
Henry wanting to take away Audrey this week. And last week, you know, Nathan gave his speech. He kind of paralleled. Audrey was talking to Tony to talk him down. Nathan was kind of giving the more poetic speech about the troubles, but he was kind of talking to Tony about the darkness and the light, and that was Tony's trouble. So Nathan helped talk Tony down last week and solve the issue. He did. And, and Nathan talked um, to Audrey and, you know, reminded her of their love, and he saved her in this week with his love. Um, so I'm going to say that Nathan kind of saved the day last week and this week. Yes. I mean, I, I think I think last week's is un- undoubtedly Nathan was the, the hero in, in talking Tony down because, you know, that could have killed a number of people in that in that scene. And, and for this, you know, you have to give Nathan credit. You also have to give Charlotte credit um, for jumping into the dream sequence and for, for starting it off. I mean, yeah. One of the first um, things she also saw was uh, a flashback of Charlotte. Yes. Well, but that was because Charlotte reminded her, you know, that I'm I'm here to help you or I can't phrase it up too well. But I think, I don't think Audrey, dream Audrey, remember Charlotte until Charlotte came into dreamland, right? Yes. I think you're right about that. But um, let's also talk about, um, you know, Audrey, the bride. I don't think a lot of us felt that our real Audrey Parker, if she's a bride, is going to look like that. What did you think? I think we all are right. I, <laughs> I think Dream, I Dream Audrey um, was very different from the Audrey we are all familiar with. And I think that was intentional. And I think Lucas captured that very well in showing the opposites of our Audrey versus Dream Audrey. Oh, absolutely. Right? Down to her voice? Yes. Yeah. Everything about Dream Audrey was just altered enough that we knew it wasn't our real Audrey. Um, yeah. Audrey wouldn't get married in that super poofy princessy gown with that, with a tiara and those dramatic earrings and the gloves and that, that hairdo. I don't, I can't imagine Audrey looking like that on her wedding day. <laughs> okay. But see, now here's, here's an interesting question. Is that, you know how the Sandman like um, gives people, puts them into this dream and, yep. you know, like for, um, what did I forget? The friend who we was so oh, sad oh. when he died. Oh, Grayson. Grayson. So when Grayson, right, he got his hearing back. Yes. Was that something he always wanted? Like, is, are these things that oh. inside they deeply want, but don't really show, or we wouldn't expect it of them. So did Audrey really deep down want, um, a fun summer, uh, kind of beach a, wedding? A wedding. No, I don't think so, because I think that you go into the dream, and the Sandman controls everything, and he has to hold it all together, and he has to like keep all the balls in the air and keep everybody happy and make them uh, conform to his, his imagination and his dream and his desires. That was my understanding of how his stasis works. I mean, it does. I mean, I agree, and yes, that, that, that is my understanding as well, but was keeping Audrey happy by putting Audrey in this way? Like giving her this dream wedding. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's debatable. It's debatable. Okay. A part of me thinks that maybe Audrey did want um, a wedding dress and stuff. I just think it com- it conflicts with what we know of Audrey at the moment. Uh huh. But it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if she had a dream like that. Okay. Uh, I'll maybe give you that one. But oh, thank I don't you. Know. <laughs> okay. So what about the Sandman? I found him. Although he was creepy and he was the villain, I'm just going to say I empathized with him. I sympathized with him. I found him to be such a tortured, troubled soul. And we've seen those before in Haven. But I have to say, Rosef Sutherland, 
played this character in such a way. He was amazing. I think I did it. I said it on Twitter. Um, you know, as he's talking with Dwight, my heart's going out to him. I'm like, oh, this guy, poor yeah, troubled guy. I wasn't really so terribly mad at him for doing this to Audrey. Well, I was, but I just was so wrapped up in his story and his how he's been tortured and he's been ostracized and he lives this life of solitude and nobody, and they all use him and nobody knows who he is. And yeah. So I felt with him, felt for him as well. Yeah. And And then he killed the girl and I was like, Oh, I'm done. Yeah. Well, you know, no, no. How do you know? No, you don't just kill (laughs) someone for nothing to prove a point. I was with Dwight on that. He lost my sympathy at that point. I mean, he, he could really, he, well, I think the Sandman enjoyed the fact that the tables were turned on Dwight, you know, where Dwight was using the Sandman and controlling Henry to put people in stasis, and uh, the guard had the Sandman at their beck and call, it almost seemed like, and now the tables were turned, and I think Henry, the Sandman, loved that. He loved that he was in charge, and Dwight needed him now, and he was controlling the situation. Yeah, that that feeling was definitely expressed and seen. I think yeah. it's interesting that... Dwight said, you know, I believe his line was, you told me to call you Sandman. Grayson, um, not Grayson, um, Sandman Henry said, no, your people told you that. Yeah. When they found out about me and then decided to use me. Right. You can't fire me when you don't know my first name. Exactly. And it's interesting to me that Dwight didn't know about this. His people brought Henry to him. And said, hey, this is this is the solution. So my my question for myself or, or just kind of pay attention to is, is Dwight really in charge of everything that's going on? Or is there some other power struggle going on that we just don't see? Oh, within the guard and Dwight Within the guard, the guard. Because, yeah, that they're bringing people in and saying, hey, that power is really good. Let's use it. We're helping troubled people. But the ones that can that we can manipulate, hey, let's bring those out. Well, well, maybe some of that will play out a little more as we go along here. Um, yeah, so I'm I, just paying attention for that. Okay. Well, something to note for future episodes. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, and before, while we're still talking about the salmon, I did want to say, and speaking of Rosif and what a great actor I found him to be in this episode, um, you know, he had to play the evil creepy dude uh, when he was with Dwight and when he was the Sandman. And then in Dreamland... You know, he still had kind of that creepy factor, and he did kill some people in Dreamland. But <laughs> he also had to play the the gentle, romantic guy to Audrey. So I felt as an actor, he really had to play two sides of the coin a lot, and I think he did a great job with that. Oh, he absolutely, yeah, no he doubt. He just was awesome. And I also love the symbolism of um, the Sandman's hair. Don't laugh at me, Amy, but I read into this. So his hair was kind of messy, if you ask me and out of control and all over the place. And his hair was like that even in dreamland. I love the symbolism of how his life is still messed up and he's still tortured and dreamland really still wasn't perfect for him. I just took that his messy hair, you know, that that's a uh, constant with him. Um, I love the symbolism of that. I just thought he had messy hair. No, it oh. meant that even fair in- enough. Fair enough. It, everyone <laughs> has their own way of interpreting land. things. It wasn't perfect. <laughs> everyone has a, their own way of interpreting things. This is an example of it. There you go. <laughs> what you read into it is goes along with what we saw. So, yes. so there's that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, I took it to be symbolism. I enjoyed it. So, what, o- um, what other symbolism did you see? Okay, I'll touch on a few of them because I got quite a bit here. 
Um, well, I like the symbolism of Audrey looking in the mirror. So when the, one of the first scenes we see is um, when Audrey holds up the dress um, at the opening sequence, and she's looking in the mirror, and she says, I can't wait to be your wife. And she kind of has that funny expression on her face, like, wait. And I thought she was looking in the mirror, and is that the real Audrey Parker looking back at her? She kind of had that moment of doubt on her face. And then we also see her later in the episode when she's in her full wedding gown, and she's looking in the mirror again, and she has that brief flashback of Nathan. And I like the symbolism of the mirror. Is that the real Audrey Parker who's looking back at me or not? And um, I think, you know, that kind of played out well. She looked in the mirror, and who was she seeing? And in both of those scenes, when she was directly looking in the mirror, she kind of had... She had the distinct flashback with Nathan, and the other, she kind of had that look on her face. Um, I liked how that played out. Well, we know mirrors usually, well, some of us, um, mirrors usually play a, a significant role in mm -hmm. movies with dreams. Yeah, yeah. So I picked up on that. I haven't seen a lot of movies, Amy, so I thought it was a brilliant uh, observation on my part. Apparently not. <laughs> no, no, it still is. I think it still is because you still have to see how it affects. And I think the symbolism that you found is appropriate for what we saw. Right. And then we know Nathan is talking to Audrey and he gets through to her. And I feel it was like his love saves her. And um, he gets through to her and she has that huge um, dream sequence, right? All the flashback scenes. Um, I like the symbolism of how the, the flashbacks started kind of slow and then they started flashing very quickly, just like Nathan and Audrey's relationship intensified as those scenes went along. Um, of course, you could say that in most relationships. They start slow and then they intensify. But I, I liked how that played out in the flashback scene. Yeah, absolutely. And you can definitely tell. Um, and if you guys don't know or you want to know what scenes were shown in that montage, um, mm -hmm. check the show notes. Um, we have a list of them. Actually, maybe I can... Do you have it with you? Uh, the notes of all the flashback scenes? Yeah. Let me see if I can I get it. Well, I have it at my fingertips so I can pull it up on my computer. Well, I can pull it up if you want to keep talking about the symbolism. Okay. Um, well, those are my big ones. We know that at the end, um, you know, Audrey was sitting on the bench alone, and that was when she kind of started to remember Nathan. And then um, at the final, final well, shot... Well, before you move on from that, you, you've been a big proponent and have always said, you know, how um, benches play a big part with these two benches uh you know how she's sitting on the bench and then in audrey and nathan a right. lot of the moments are they're on a bench oh uh, okay you haven't <laughs> said that was it someone else that was i don't think that was me amy huh well benches uh, you know have played a part with audrey and nathan you know when the was it the first episode the second episode and she finds him right on the bench on there. the bench she breaks up with Chris on the bench. There's a bench again. You know, yeah. the benches kind of have a, a, a repeat. Nathan talks to Jordan in the graveyard on a bench. The bench yeah. is there. You can't, you can't hide the fact that a bench is, is a part well, of got, them. You got to sit somewhere, you know? <laughs> so, so I love this when Audrey's on the bench and she's starting to remember Nathan. Um, and then Sandman comes and sits next to her. I loved how she kind of scooted over to kind of uh, get away from him. I, I like that scene. And we see, you know, when Audrey's on the bench by herself and she's remembering everything, she's remembering her life and where she wants to get back to and that she has this life and she has this love and she has this purpose. And then at the end when we see Sandman all alone on the bench and he's decided to stay in his dream world, you know, he doesn't have anything. He's just, a, it's just his solitude. He is lonely and alone. And I love that scene of Lucas's where it's just that vast expanse of grass in the foreground. Oh, 
That pull was, away scene. Um, oh, and I think Lucas thing? tweeted that, you know, it was um, Eric Kayla and Chris Wood helped, right. you know, bring his idea and vision forward. So thanks to all of them, it, it success. Oh, that was just a killer shot. It just uh, visually showed the Sandman in his solitude sitting on the bench way off in the distance. And that's how, you know, he chose to live his life was in solitude there. Um, and the song that Lucas uh played at the end um, that Emily and Adam turned him on to write Ulyss- Ulysses by Josh Gerrels. We'll put a haunting. Yeah. We'll put a link to that. And Haven always matches the scenes in the music so well, no exception here. And I, I think I, I remember in an interview somewhere that they did how um, he had heard it and, you know, Emily and, and Adam heard it and it just fit. Right. You right. know, they didn't struggle to find the song that fit for that, but um, it was great. Yeah. And oh. we know that Lucas sent out that tweet that he was framing um, Dream World, kind of the perfect square frames for the perfect square Dream World. That was really cool. His tweet actually said, frames within frames in a square, almost too perfect approach was the look for Dream World. And that, I, I loved it. It was awesome. And when Audrey was sitting alone on that bench, you know, the pergola was even square. A lot of times those are um, arches for weddings, but this one was square, like the pergola and the shot of her. It was, you know, the flowers on either side of it. And it was just amazing, visually stunning. And the ocean in the background, just beautiful. Yeah, that, I, that's exactly how you would want your wedding day. Yeah, and I thought that iconic shot, I thought that was the iconic shot of the episode, you know, Audrey with her poofy dress on the bench and the sun shining on the water behind her. And I also thought that was kind of the iconic moment of the whole episode because that was when Nathan got through to her and she remembered him and their love kind of saved her. So it was kind of like the epic shot visually and the epic moment of the episode for me. And and it was a, it was very, I think for everyone, it was a very epic shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so guys, um, just before I forget, um, the the clips in order that were shown in the Nathan Audrey montage okay. flashback that we had um, was Welcome to Haven, which was uh, season one, episode one, Consumed, season one, episode four, Ball and Chain were the next two, which was season one, episode five, Ain't No Sunshine, season one, episode, episode eight, eight, Last Goodbyes, season three, episode 10, Reunion. Season three, episode, episode 12. 12, Lost and Found, season four, episode four. Episode four. Yep. Uh, Business as Usual, season two, two episode, episode 11. Uh, Shot in the Dark, season four, episode 11. Countdown, season four, episode six. We do Lost and Found, season four, episode four. Magic Hour, part two, season three, episode eight. The Trouble with Troubles, four, ten. Uh, Lay Me Down, four, seven. Shot in the Dark, 411, Crush, two episodes, uh, two scenes, which was, you know, the last scene and then the first scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, 408, Power, which was 515, Nowhere Man, which was 507. And I love the fact that they used not just, uh, they used moments in their relationship that were defining, not just uh, the the kisses, but not at the hugs, right. the moments where they were there for each other. Yeah, yeah. It was and great. There, there were 20 clips in that uh, little montage, so that was a lot. They covered it. They covered all the seasons, which is great. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I love that. And it was very touching to all of us Madri uh, fans. It was it was a very nice touch in the episode. And um, it showed their relationship and their love, right? 
Absolutely. And we got to we got to talk about Dwight and Charlotte and the sacrifice Charlotte made by risking her life to go in there. I know. I mean, Charlotte really came through. Yeah, I think she did a great job. And, and so clearly Audrey is now trusting her. I think so. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte was, to, to my point of view, the most sincere and honest she's ever been with Audrey when they were in Dreamworld. And Charlotte even said, you know, I haven't been treating you like my child and I'm sorry for that. Um, and, and Charlotte seems very determined to solve the troubles, but she needs Audrey's help. Um, and, you know, I'm still a little suspicious about Charlotte, but she, uh, she came through big time for Audrey and for the town of Haven in this episode. Yeah. Yep. So time will tell what happens with them. And she did call Audrey Dove, and we haven't heard her say that to Audrey since she was Mara at the end of 5A. So we're going to have to see what that means. Yes, and, and, and how did the, the nickname come about? Yes. But before we end, we have to talk about my favorite part also, which was the return of Seth, Dark Side <laughs> Seekers. I love him. Uh, you know, I am so happy to be back. My heart is cautious though because as you saw we love we we love grayson grayson left us uh-huh same things happened with claire same things yeah. happened with julia Clark, but she didn't die at least but eleanor died we loved eleanor and she died uh-huh you know so i'm really hoping seth is meant for this world uh, but loved his return loved how we got you know we lost mopey duke mopey duke uh-huh and we got uh take action duke back well, and I also thought um, this whole episode was kind of Alt Haven, as we know. And I think the Duke and Seth scenes are Alt Haven as well. They're not even in Haven, right? They're in Halifax. And I thought Lucas gave uh, Eric and Seth kind of the, the freedom or the direction to play it up and to go a little more uh, comedic and all the humor. Um, I love their scenes. I thought they were wonderful. They play well off each other. Yeah, their banter. They did such a great job. Eric cracked me up in some of those scenes. Yes, which we, you know, we got more of that than we usually did in the last few episodes. So this was, I, I really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think about, um, they ended up heading off to North Carolina to find some guy who can remove the black tar of evil from your soul? That's got to be at least a 10-hour road trip. That's what I thought <laughs> first. Do you but, think Duke Duke sees that as a chance to cure himself? Yeah. I do. I think, I think he, I don't think he sees it as let's get more information. I think he sees it as this is a way to cure me. Right. Or at least a pot, put a lead to it. Right. And I, I kind of like the, the parallel. So this episode, we kind of had the whole, uh, what was going on in Haven with dreamland and at the school, you know, and the Sandman issue. And then we had Duke and Seth and Halifax. And I kind of like the parallel between those two distinct portions of this episode of Duke was helping Seth remember and Nathan was helping Audrey remember. Um, so I like that little tie, how it worked together. That's true. That was there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, overall, I think a wonderful episode um, that we got to watch and see it, a little different from what we've had recently with all the revelations and such. Um, and we'll see if, if we get any more revelations and, and how it goes next week, which I believe 518 was written by Nick and Brian, Nick and Brian, Brian Milliken and Nick Parker. Yeah, we know this episode, Wild, excuse me, um, Sandman um, 517, it did have a little look, different look and feel. We didn't really talk about the Croatoan and the reveals and the myth. And it was kind of a step away from all the, I don't know, the madness of Haven. And it was a little more relationship based, right? Mm-hmm. 
But we know Brian sent that tweet out and said that it gets back to um, series-altering stuff and real sci-fi-ish, and uh, the mythology is going to start rolling along again. Overall, though, another wonderful Haven episode that we got to enjoy. We still have a number of episodes left, guys. So if you're if you have friends that aren't watching, tell them to catch up on Netflix and tune in. It's great. Absolutely. All right, guys. Till next time, where we talk about five eighteen. Right? Yep. yep. Wild card. Five eighteen. We're out. This is revisiting Haven.